episode was recorded on Friday, May 29th. The information on the PPP loan may have changed by the time you listen to this episode. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Making Account, a podcast that explores everyday financial topics to debunk common money myths. We're your hosts, Christina. And Will. Whether you're just establishing yourself financially, working to break that paycheck to paycheck cycle, or wanting to optimize your savings, we've been there. And done that, and still have more to learn. So join us as we interview local financial experts, answer your burning questions, and share our own money experiences on Making Making It Count. Hi, everyone. Until now, our Making It Count topics have been mostly geared towards personal finances, but today we're doing something a little bit different and we're focusing on our small business owners. I think this is such an important and topical discussion because so many small businesses are struggling a lot right now and are wading through the difficult waters of the pandemic. I completely agree. Specifically, we're gonna talk about the Paycheck Protection program loans, which we might also address as the PPP loans, which, you know, has helped a lot of small business owners continue to pay their employees even when their doors were closed. These loans have been life saving for a lot of companies, and I'm really looking forward to whatever advice our guests can offer. So do I. So let's go ahead and get started. Christina, do you know anyone whose business or employment has been affected by COVID-19? I do. Not necessarily business, but I have known a lot of friends of mine who have lost employment and are facing the craziness that is our unemployment system. Um, I've heard stories about people not being able to get the PPP loan, and and it has been really stressful. It's a really stressful time right now for people. Yeah, I, I definitely know a lot of people who have been affected not only on the small business sector, but I also have a close friend who runs a nonprofit. Um, in the area. And she actually texted me yesterday saying that she had just received funding and she's been applying since the very first round of funding came out. Wow. Well, I'm sure she's feeling at least some relief. Yes. But hopefully this will be a good resource for her. Well, let's bring in our guests. As you know, Will and I have the most fabulous guests that always know so much about what we need to know about. And we have three guests today to give us some insights about the PPP loan and some tips and tricks for those of you that have received the PPP loan and kind of stay on task with making sure that you get the most bang for your buck. So today we have John de Almas, Eduardo Fernandez, and Paul Rolan. Please introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Good afternoon. This is John Diarmas. I'm the CEO of ProfitLand, and we help our businesses accelerate their growth and increase their profitability. I'm also a recipient of a PPP loan because in my family, there's two small businesses, my own and my wife, who also owns a preschool here in town. Great. Thanks. And uh, Christina, I'm Eddie Fernandez. I, uh, I'm an attorney. Uh, I specialize in business. I, I'm a small business attorney, and I also do commercial real estate. Uh, we uh, we have a boutique uh, shop in downtown Orlando. I've had the privilege of helping almost a dozen clients through the PPP process. And I'm actually, or I should say my law firm is a recipient of the PPP. Hi, well, Christina, my name is Paul Roldan, and I am a certified financial planner, also a partner and principal of a registered investment advisory firm here in Orlando uh, called All Gen Financial Advisors. And we do 
coaching and planning for individuals and small businesses. Um, as my colleague Eddie mentioned, we've also helped several uh, small businesses navigate and still navigate, continue to navigate the whole PPP process um, because it's one that we're going to get into in this discussion that it hasn't been easy. So thank you for having me. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. So let's dive right in with our first question. So this crisis has put a spotlight on small businesses. Why are small businesses so important to the economy? Well, you know, well, as a small business attorney, I can tell you that small businesses, I consider small business to be the backbone of America. When you look at the number of people um, employed by by small businesses, it's, it's estimated to be about 59 million Americans. Um, when you look at those kinds of numbers, you start to realize that while we see a lot of big companies in the headlines and we see a lot of big names um, in, in stores or whatever else, it's really small businesses who are keeping Americans employed and paying those bills. Uh, so from that perspective, keeping Americans employed at small businesses became a priority of the United States government. And that's what ended up resulting in the PPP. You know, I also should add to that uh, my wife has, as I mentioned, a preschool here in town, and we we hire, I think it's about 40 employees. And and through through the COVID crisis, we were about to to cut some of our personnel and cut the salary of some of our critical personnel that week. And we had been trying to desperately been trying to get a loan with one of the big banks, the ones with the fancy offices and the big buildings. And we won't say who it is, but it was an absolute total nightmare that we went through for two weeks. And one friend led to another friend, and we learned about additions finance. And we thought this was one of the most extraordinary experiences we've ever gone through. In a matter of a week, we were able to submit the application. We had amazing folks holding our hands, helping us through the process, and getting the work done. And we were funded within a week. And what that means is that almost 40 employees were able to keep their jobs. That's incredible. Wow. Think of all those people and then the people that are associated with those people, their families and everyone that you were able to keep um, employed and, and have food on the table. That's a lot of lives affected. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's really the big reason why small business loans were a huge part of the CARES Act, which was passed back in, in March. Um, for people that don't know, can you can you guys explain what is the Paycheck Protection Program loan? Um, yes, and and John just gave a classic example of the purpose of the Paycheck Protection Program, which is inherent in the title. The goal uh, from the government standpoint is, you know, this pandemic is affecting so many people, uh, and especially small business owners that. Obviously, if for social distancing reasons, there's no more clientele, customers, et cetera, they can't uh, earn income. We can't pay people, uh, our, our employees, for example. So it was an incentive, a way to give a little bit of financing in amazing terms. It's a loan, okay, with this forgivable caveat that I'm sure we'll go into in a minute. Uh, but it's a, a way to give access to capital to keep people paid, employees, during this, small, during this pandemic and during this time frame. Well, what Paul is saying is absolutely right. And, and the way I looked at it, it was if we're going to have to pay something to these Americans, it's better to keep them employed through their existing paycheck than it is to have them collecting unemployment. And I think that's a decision. And I think it was a vital and important and good decision that was made. And as Paul alluded to, one of the, the biggest aspects, which I know we'll get into, is truly the forgiveness aspect of these loans and making sure that anybody 
uh, any business that is a recipient of these loans is properly preparing to apply for forgiveness because that's a vital component of this. So speaking of forgiveness criteria, let's talk about that. So what are the ways business owners can use the money and not have to repay the loan? That is a very important question. And again, we were very lucky that we were counseled uh, very diligently with the additional financial people and letting us know what we could or could not use the money for. In this particular case, um, I want to make sure that people understand that the money is primarily for payroll. That's why it's called payroll protection program. So that's really key. But but there's also other uses that we've already been exercising, such as pre-mortgage interest, uh, utilities, and, and and rent, if that uh, that is applicable to you. And in our case, we've used it for payroll to pay the, the mortgage interest on our loan and for utilities. You know, and if I may add to that, John talks about, you know, you ask criteria for for the usage of the money and then the forgiveness of the money, which are two different things. Um, the biggest one is obviously the amount of people on payroll. So the bulk of the money still has to be used to pay people, your employees. And, and I hate to say this because as of today, it's 75% of your money has to be used to that, but that's on shaky ground and who knows where it end up. So stay tuned. But there is this other flexibility that again is also shifting, uh, but it said initially that if you don't use 100% for payroll, you have a flexibility of using up to 25% of it for other expenses such as rent or mortgage uh, interest or utilities, things of that nature. Um, now, that's the big criteria is the usage of the money, but uh, they're going to have some underlying calculations, which is, did you keep your people employed? Okay, so it's people, uh, the paycheck for people, so it's the percentage of people being paid, uh, of the money's being used to pay people, but also the number of people that you're actually paying. So did you restore the number of employees you had before the pandemic in order to prove that, yes, you indeed uh, use this money for the right purposes? Hmm. So what are the requirements for a business to actually even be eligible to receive the PPP loan? Well, that, that, that's the critical question, right? Mm -hmm. how, do, how, how do businesses get in the door? Uh, the reality of it is that there's some very specific requirements. Uh, you have to be a small business, first of all. That means that you have to be under 500 employees and a number of other requirements. But I'm a contracts lawyer. I do contracts for a living. I do all, all those kinds of things. And I usually tell folks, hey, you're hiring me because it would take you years to figure out how to do this, right? And, and or to interpret what this means. But on this one, it's not like that. Um, SBA.gov, the Small Business Administration, excellent resource. Everything's very well broken down uh, to see if you qualify and also how to do that. And then, of course, going from there to uh, to working with a um, with a financial institution. And I, I know, John, you, you had you had experience with this as an applicant. Very, very much so. And, and again, let's not forget that this is a loan. This is not a, a, a giveaway. But there are ways that, that if you do it right, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that, there is a way that you may not have to pay it back. But the wonderful thing about this loan is that it has a very low 1% interest. And you can defer payment of to six months. So as a small business, that's something that we very much appreciate. So what are some ways that people can use the PPP loans? You you ran through the basics, but can we talk more about um, what that means? What's in because there's more obviously in your paycheck than just your straight pay. So what else is included in the payroll? Okay, so not not to be repetitive, but again, pay payroll is the number one um, expense. But then you have again rent, uh, utilities. Okay, that can be used, and, and that there's a whole line of 
you know, uh, items that fall under that utilities, such as leasing some certain equipment that you use now that came out in the latest clarification of the SBA. So now in the payroll, understand it's uh, there's other line items such as medical expenses. Mm-hmm. So, so health insurance premiums. Okay, that you pay for your employees that can also be used for that uh, retirement plan contributions, such as 401k contributions that you pay for your employees. Those are a couple of other line items that qualify within the allowable usage of this money. Well, that, that, that's exactly right, Paul. And, and there's a, 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 a list of items that are included in payroll. So it's important to make sure that those are looked at. Um, rent during the covered period, of course, is 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 covered. Uh, mortgage interest payments uh, during the cover period, utilities, um, interest payments on other debts that were existing uh, prior to February 15th. And um, and if if any of the listeners uh, know what an EIDL is, that means they probably applied for it, hopefully got it. Uh, but that is also an applicable use. So uh, the EIDL is something, it, it, for those of you listening, that is an emergency disaster loan. Mm-hmm. So what happens if, unfortunately, you did have to lay off employees or reduce your workforce? How does that affect this loan? You know, that that's real life. You know, in our business, we had to shut down our business for two weeks, you know, in, in, at the beginning of, of May. And some of our employees um, were, were without uh, work. And I'm sure that's been happening to a lot of small businesses out there. But the reality is, if you rehire them by June 30th of this year, uh, you will be fine. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Again, the whole purpose is to keep people employed and getting paid. So, you know, don't fret if you don't, if you get the loan and you're not at the capacity or the level of employment that you had before you got the loan. Okay, you have until, according to the latest rulings, June 30th to get back to capacity. And there's a few other factors. It's the number of people you have to get them back to where you're at and also the salary that you're paying those folks. Okay, remember, this money is supposed to be used to keep you whole, keep them whole. Okay, so if you reduce their salaries, that could count against you as per certain calculations. But you don't have to fret if the day you get the loan, you're not where you need to be. Because one thing is qualifying, and then you have this period to qualifying for the loan and then qualifying for forgiveness. So you mentioned um, healthcare premiums being included within the paycheck and uh, 401k contributions. Um, but what about things like sick leave? Is that covered? I would think um, that's an issue that definitely looms large considering the whole pandemic is based on COVID-19. Yes. No, that's exactly right. It, it does. Um, as Eddie mentioned earlier, there's a list of things that are included. OK, and there are tax credit available for businesses who offer paid sick leave to employees um, who are also self-quarantining due to the exposure to COVID-19 uh, or have been diagnosed with it. So you could qualify for tax credit. OK, but and this is where it gets really interesting. Please speak to your banker. And I, I'm going to use this moment to disclaim, you know, this is not personal or specific financial advice to any listener, we always advise that you go speak to a professional to analyze your personal situation. But there's some people who businesses that might be better off taking tax credits for payroll or for uh, medical leave, or they may be better off doing the PPP because all the expenses give them a bigger bang for their buck. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely right, Paul. And it, it, one of the things to, to keep in mind, one of the basics to keep in mind here is that there, this isn't just about forgiveness. Um, and we need to also be considering what this money can be used for at all. Forgiveness is the goal. That's the absolute goal. But we also need to keep in mind that there are parameters on how the money may be used, even if you are not seeking forgiveness. 
And um, if I'm going to be uh, dealing with the federal government in any way, I would rather be getting them uh, to, to forgive my loan than them telling me that I use the money for an illegal purpose. And so it's very important that we consider what it is that the loan can be used for. And even in the loan uh, usage, there are particular ratios that apply even if you are not seeking forgiveness. That's a critical component of it. So the 75-25 split, which is uh, what is applicable um, at this point, that split, for example, um, is necessary even if you're not going to seek forgiveness. So it's very important. Uh, I would dare say I would rather give money, I have to repay money at a low interest rate than get in trouble with the feds. That's how I look at it. And, and from that perspective, we have to be very, uh, very cognizant of that uh, as we approach what we're going to spend this money on. And we'll make sure to link the information about the tax credit into the show notes. So if anybody needs to get a quick link to that, it'll be there. Um, so we're talking about that this is a repayment loan. You may have to repay it. What What are the details on that? Well, you know, in in reality, you know, if you if you do it right, and I'm, I'm urging people to really take the time to read and to study what is it that they need to do to give and to give the release of forgiveness. But if if you don't if you don't um, go through the process of following the, the the guidelines, you will need to repay it. You have six months of deferment and you will have to pay 1%. That's exactly right. So, um, and when he says deferment, basically from the date the loan got issued, you if you don't qualify for the loan forgiveness, you'll have six months from that date you have received the money to even start making a payment, okay? So you don't have to make any payments for six months, but the loan does have to be repaid within two years of when you receive the money. Again, as John mentioned, at that 1% loan, and you can prepay it, there's no penalty for doing that, but yes, you have a two-year window to repay that money. So one last question before our speed round, are there limits on the loan amount? Yeah, um, there there are limits on, on, on the loan amount. Um, typically, um, it's going to be a calculation. Uh, by the way, I, I urge um, small businesses to make sure they are leveraging their, um, their payroll processing companies and the software and technology that, that, that is built into the price they already pay for their payroll processing because it can help calculate what the maximum is. And there's two ways to look at the maximum. There is a per business maximum based on a particular calculation on the look back period that is selected. And then there is also uh, overall maximums. So make sure to, to look at all that. And I guess as we're finishing this, the speed round, I'll say as well that None of this is legal advice for purposes of, of any small business, um, but I think it is great guidance to give rules of thumb and resources of, of where more information can be obtained. And that's critical, as Eddie was just mentioning, leverage your payroll company, leverage your banker. Um, I, I've seen uh, people receive, because this happens so quickly, I, I had folks who received loan amounts that they didn't qualify, that it was too much, okay? Because the banks didn't verify, certain institutions didn't verify any financials, they're like, okay, fine. Here, it looks like you verified for this much. This happened to two clients of mine, and they're probably gonna have to pay some money back even before this process begins of applying for loan forgiveness. So there is an, a maximum up to $10 million. It was calculated based on your average monthly payroll, two and a half times that number was what the typical definition of how much you can qualify to borrow. All right, wow, that's a lot of information. So we're gonna take a break. Let us like digest this. Are you guys ready for a lightning round when we get back from our break? Sure thing. You guys Absolutely. ready? All right. I think they're ready for it, Will. All right. We'll be right back. 
This podcast is brought to you by Addition Financial, a member-owned, not-for-profit financial cooperative. Count them into your financial journey by exploring their educational content, membership, and everything they have to offer at additionfi.com. Federally insured by NCUA and an equal housing lender. All right, guys, we're back. Are you guys ready for some rapid fire questions? All right. Oh, man, I think they're ready. All right. Well, you're first. All right. What's the number one piece of advice you'd give to a small business who has applied for or received a PPP loan? I would say keep track of everything. Set up a spreadsheet or use your accounting program and track every money you spend. And I, like us, we have it in a separate bank account that helps us keep track of it easier. Can you list things that will actually disqualify a business for a loan forgiveness? Spending money on unpermitted purposes, uh, reducing headcount, cutting employee pay by more than 25% of the applicable amount, um, not rehiring um, employees or furloughed employees. Uh, Those are the kinds of things that are really being looked at here. What's the process for applying for loan forgiveness? So uh, there's a form that the SBA put out called a 3508. You can Google it and and, and bring it up. You'll have to submit either that form specifically or a form similar to it that your bank, because forgiveness will be done through through the bank that you receive the money from. So after your 8, 12, whatever the term is, that will be the final forgiveness period, um, you'll apply through your bank. And you'll have to provide documentation. Okay, you'll have to provide all the numbers on this form, or you know, or or wherever it is. But then you also have to provide documentations, and then the bank has about sixty days to get back to you with a response whether you got forgiven or not. What if I'm a business owner and I want to start making payments early or just pay off my loan early? Are there any early payment penalties or fees? No, there isn't. And and the good news is that you should start paying it as quickly as you can. Last question. Do business owners need to sign a personal guarantee for the PPP loans? That's a, that's a great question. The way SBA loans work is that the financial institution receives the guarantee of the federal government through the Small Business Administration. Consequently, the principal of the business does not need to provide a personal guarantee. But I would dare say that with small businesses, um, the types of disclosures, affidavits that are required of the principal um of the small business, um, any kind of things that are inaccurate, false, fraudulent, anything like that will fall on that on those small business owners. So it's critical that uh, through the application process, the forgiveness process, even though there is not a personal guarantee to the financial institution, because Uncle Sam has taken care of that of signing that for us, uh, we still need to worry about making sure things are as accurate as possible, because I think there is an inherent personal guarantee that comes with being a business owner. Whew. I think I'm going to give you guys an A plus way to survive the lightning round. Don't you think, Will? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for the segment we call the sum up, where we talk about the news as it relates to our topic. This week, we want to look at an article from Inc. that addressed some issues related to PPP loans and unemployment. The link, of course, to this article will be in the show notes. So that's right. So one thing that I thought was interesting about this article is the issue of double dipping a PPP loan and unemployment. Can you guys talk us through that? Well, yeah, the, the main thing is that if you're self-employed, you can get a PPP loan. OK, but if you do, you cannot also file for unemployment. Uh, you have to choose one or the other. And that's 
not just with unemployment. There's no double dipping in any of these resources. So that's why if you have EIDL, but then get PPP, you can't keep both, you know, fully open. So yeah, especially for the sole proprietor, if you get a PPP loan, you cannot get unemployment as well. Well, that's right. And another area I know um, many small business owners uh, worry about is rehiring employees. Um, And I want to make sure that, that small business owners know that there's also special provisions out there for any employees um, that have COVID-19, uh, whose families have COVID-19, um, or who are having to take uh, care of, of minor children um, in, the, in the home. So it is, it is critical to know that there's additional requirements which aren't, aren't really germane to, to this particular conversation that, that they need to worry about. But certainly, I think rehiring employees is something that is critical to maximize um, the, uh, the, av- the availability of the forgiveness. Um, it has to be evaluated. And make sure, something I have said regularly, is making sure that you are creating what I call pro forma forgiveness applications. Making sure that you fill one out now to see where you're at, have one of your projections um, for the end of the covered period, just to make sure you're on track at all times. What about hazard pay? I have heard some employers are offering bonuses to their employees. Is that covered by the PPP? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, It is, and of course... At this point, we've been giving our employees additional bonuses uh, as they've been coming back to work and doing work that is exceedingly difficult, especially now under COVID. What happens if if some of your employees just choose to go unemployed, kind of they just aren't ready to return to work or how does that affect your need? Are you going to need to return the PPP loan because your employees don't want to come back? No, 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 not at all. Understand that the PPP loan is with the intent of keeping your employees, okay? And the forgiveness of it is really keyed on that, okay? But if you make an offer to employees and they choose not to come back and you have that in writing, that can be forgiven, you know, when you apply for forgiveness, et cetera. If they choose to go on unemployment, and again, even if you don't qualify for forgiveness because you didn't have enough employees available, you can still keep the money as a loan, okay? And if, you know, I'm a financial advisor, so I, I hate debt, okay? But if you're business is not liquid enough and and you need this loan for viable purposes. Well, in that case, it's a great loan. It's 1%. You know, so hopefully that's enough of a cash injection to be able to get your business turned around over the next couple of years and make it viable in the long term. Well, guys, that is all the questions we have for you. Thank you all Thank so, you so much. much for coming. John de Almas, Eddie Fernandez, Paul Roland. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. Thank you. Well, now we've come to the part of our segment that is our favorite. It's what What did did we we learn today? today? So this episode was really useful for definitely for those people that are kind of walking through this PPP loan and, and, and kind of in uncharted territory. So I think this what I learned today is there's really there's a lot of information, but it's still unclear. Like this still could change. But to make sure that you keep track of everything. I think that was the thing that the biggest takeaway I got from this conversation. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'll be honest. Most of our episodes that we've recorded um, have been about topics I'm a little somewhat more familiar with. This is probably the one I'm the least familiar with. So I think the whole thing was a learning experience. But I think the one thing I'm really taking away from this is just a sampling of the information necessary to go through the whole process. That this is just, um, to everyone's point, you know, this is, some anecdotal advice that we can offer and hopefully help people. But there's a lot out there. There's a lot of information to know. Yeah. 
At the end of every episode, we like to leave our listeners with one or more resources to help them. This week, we have two that are directly related to our topic. The first is Edition Financial's free financial guide to starting, growing, and managing your small business. That's right. And then we'll put the link to that guide in our show notes. And also anybody that needs an SBA PPP loan, there's so many acronyms. Um, We'll also link directly to the PPP application page at Addition Financial. And then there's a lot more that you can read about the program and complete your application. Also, Eddie and Paul did this presentation in a webinar style, but in Spanish. So if you're interested in listening to the information, we actually have the presentation in Spanish for those of you that would prefer to get the information in Spanish. We'll also link that in the show notes. Thank you again to our guests, John, Eduardo, and Paul. And we'll see everybody next time on Making It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. Thanks so much for joining us today. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe or follow to stay up to date on our latest episodes. In the meantime, send us your questions and share your success stories by emailing us at podcast at And whatever you do, make, make it count. It count.